right, good morning, everybody. Good to see you guys. Um, thanks for being here. If I um, haven't met you, my name is Mitchell, and I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch, and just so glad you guys are here. Like uh, Maggie was saying, if it is your first time, please stop by the Next Steps area. It'll be just less than five minutes. We'd love to shake your hand and just say thanks so much for being here. Thanks for coming. Good to know your name, and then we'll tell you a little bit about how you can get involved at Antioch. Um, you see behind me, there's uh, some chairs. There's going to be a little um, kind of interview discussion happening that Larry's about to facilitate in a few minutes. But first, um, I've got several things to share <laughs> with you guys. So uh, I don't know, probably half of you guys know this, but I just got back from Rome, Italy, like the real Rome. Um, uh, our plane landed like about 13 hours ago. And uh, so if I start, you know, just dozing off, then I've got like one REM cycle of sleep in the last two days. So, I mean, it counts. So I feel pretty good. Um, but what it was, was the, uh, it's called the Team Leader Gathering. And if you are newer to Antioch, you might not know this, but of course we are a local church here in Northwest Arkansas, but we're part of a larger movement of churches that um, started about 20 years ago. And uh, our name Antioch comes from a city in, the, in Acts chapter 13 in the Bible where Paul started most of his missionary journeys. And so he, that was kind of like a hub for him. There was a gathering of believers. They were experiencing the grace and the power of God. And then they were led by the Spirit to go plant multiple churches around the Mediterranean area. And anyways, we take on that same vision as well as we want to be not just a local church, but we want to be a church planting local church that is continually committed to the Great Commission around the world. And um, for the last 20 years, um, all the different Antiochs have been doing that, taking the Great Commission seriously. And I don't know the exact numbers now, but there's about 45 churches in the U.S., uh, Antioch churches. And then there's about 100 teams all around the world in different places. And for an entire week, this past week, uh, I got to be with the team leaders of all those teams. And guys, let me tell you, it was incredible. Like, it's hard for me to describe what that room was. It like makes me want to cry just thinking about it because, you know, it's just <laughs> here's one of my confirmations as I get into a room like that, at least for my life. I'm like, when I see a bunch of people, 250, 300 people just worshiping in a setting like that and thinking about the lives that they live, the path they've, they've decided to go down, which is a path of surrender, of sacrifice, of saying, Jesus, you are worth my entire life. What do you want to do with me? And then they wait and listen for God's direction, which we're all learning to hear God's voice, but they have a prompting or a, a nation or a city or a people group that God puts on their hearts, and then they, they go. It's, it's like they obey the Bible. It's crazy. <laughs> like they actually take this seriously, you know? Thankfully, there's a few guys that took the Great Commission seriously 2,000 years ago, and it's why ch the church in America even exists, right? That makes sense? You know, it didn't... St <laughs> Jesus wasn't walking, you know, the streets of Northwest Arkansas 2,000 years ago, okay? Like, he made some disciples, and he told those disciples to make more disciples. And 2,000 years later, here we are. And um, it's just wild, you know? A setting like that, it, oh, here's what it confirms. I didn't finish that thought. What it confirms in me is that my worldview is very small most of the time. <laughs> I think about me, myself, and I. <laughs> and I think about what's going on in my world. And when you get in a setting like that, it just, like, pff, it like, you, you either just miss out on everything God's doing or you let him convict you and you're like, oh my gosh, I need more of you and I need a bigger worldview. And um, it's just such a great setting. And, and, and let me give you a few more specific examples of like, some of these people 
they cannot do what we do every single Sunday and also in your life group. They cannot gather freely in a setting like this with loud worship music and freely worship God. They cannot, most, uh, not, maybe not half, but maybe 40% of the room cannot do that. You got missionaries in Afghanistan. You got missionaries in China area. You got missionaries all over the earth. You also have people, let's say California, who has had a lot stricter requirements in the last couple years than we have in Arkansas. And it's just so amazing to be in a setting like that where people are worshiping God so freely and being able to express themselves. I, I have a video. I'm not going to show it right now. I just, during worship, I was just so overwhelmed. I was just like, this is amazing. So I just, of course, when you're overwhelmed by the presence of God, you pull out your phone. And so I, I, <laughs> I took a video. Uh, I'm on my knees and just experiencing God. But you look across this room, and you, you won't know the people that are in there, but I'm like, oh, my gosh, that guy's serving there, that guy's serving there. And you got people that are like, you know, they're on their face like this, just laid out, like, I need you, Jesus. And then you've got people on their knees just, like, humbling themselves before the Lord. And then you've got one guy just going like this, pacing and karate chopping, which usually means he's interceding for breakthrough and pushing back demonic strongholds. That's what he's doing. And then you've got this other guy in the corner. He's got, like, a sweater or something, and he's just waving it like, you're worthy, Jesus. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. And, 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 and you also, I'm going to figure out a way to show you guys this video. And there's also what you also will see is people like praying over one another and just this expression of love for God and love for one another where they're just like they're expressing affection and love, just experiencing the presence of God. It's just so amazing. It made me think about you guys, our church. I'm like, oh, I want us to, I want us to be a church that has a bigger worldview, that, that, that lives for something bigger than just ourselves. Now, here's what's so cool about God is he cares about you so much, and he knows what is overwhelming you and consuming your world, and he wants to help you. Isn't that so amazing? While simultaneously, there's a lot of (laughs) bigger things also going on in the world, and he also happens to be the answer for that. (laughs) And he's, but as we allow him to minister to us, he helps us not just look down or within, but he helps us look up to see what he's doing around the world. And it makes your spirit, like if you are in this room and you're born again, you're, you're following Jesus, you're really a believer, the spirit of God lives inside of you. Some of you in this room, you haven't given your life to Jesus yet, and that's great. Hopefully you do today. Um, but there's, if the spirit of God dwells in you, there's something inside of you already that just longs to be awoken to a greater purpose. You're, you're longing to be awoken for something bigger than just you know, let me go to school, let me hopefully find a spouse, let me get a good job, let me live a really comfortable life, and just spend all the money that I get on myself. Like, you're, the spirit inside of you says no to that. <laughs> okay, your flesh says, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> of course, it's from God. No, no, no. And so there's something inside of each and every one of us that is longs to live for something bigger than ourselves. And anyway, it's just such a great experience, and I'm sure over the lo- next couple weeks I'll be unpacking some more practical things. But just want to share that with you, mainly just, wow, we are a part of something so much bigger than us. And, and I say we, not just Antioch. Of course, I am so thankful. Even Every time I come back from one of these, I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lord, thank you that you let me be a part of a movement of people that take the gospel and take the word of God seriously. And they like, like I, it's hard to, for me to express to you, and especially if you're newer to Antioch, this might even, like, rub against, give you some sort of tension. But whatever, I'm going to say it anyways. 
These people are amazing. They love Jesus so much. They're so humble. That video, I'm like, oh my gosh, you are so pure, so humble, and you're yet so anointed, and you're so tall. I'm thinking of one guy. He's a pastor in Norman, Oklahoma. He's like seven feet tall, but he's just like such a broken, humble man, and, and he got to share one of the words with us as he's like limping because he got hurt, and he's received so much accusation the last couple years for standing for Jesus and righteousness and truth and standing against division and disunity. Um, as an African-American man, just so cool to see that. Um, and he's on his knees, just, again, humbling himself before the Lord. And I see the integrity and the life lived out by these people, and it's just, it humbles me to get to be a part of hundreds of, that have gone before us. And I'm, I'm one of the younger ones. I'm one of the new guys. That was my first team leader gathering. And it's just like, ah, I should not say a word because uh, I don't want to, you know, like these people are holy. This is amazing. Uh, yet they're so loving. You know, I interacted with the leader multiple times, uh, the main guy that started Antioch Movement, and they're just, I mean, it's, he says to us, like, he's so proud of us. I'm like, what are we doing, man? We're just, you know, we're spinning in this nice, you know, we've got a heater on, and we're spinning the Lord, and it's what we normally do, but, but um, it's just so cool to have mothers and fathers that have gone before us and, and uh, plowed the way and, and just get to be a part of this movement. I'm so thankful. So I, I invite you to be thankful also, to be a part of movement in churches that are the real deal. So anyways, all that being said, I'm glad I'm back. Most of you didn't even know I was gone, but thanks for welcoming me back. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I haven't seen you guys forever. But some of you are like, uh, who are you? <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. But anyways, it was a great week. But let me just, let me pray for us. Then I'm going to pass it off to Larry and this team of folks. But what I'm going to pray and, and would love for you to, um, to receive it, but I'm going to pray for every one of us that the Lord helps us expand our world view. And, and again, a couple other words I could use besides just world view, but expand like what we're living for. To expand what we even see the purpose of life is. And when I just ask the Lord for grace to expand that. All right. So, Lord, here we are this morning. Thank you so much, Jesus, that you really came to the earth and you really died a horrible death to take away our sins. And you really rose from the grave. You came back to life. It is amazing. The grave is actually empty. And for 2,000 years, no one's been able to find your body. It's so amazing that you actually came back to life. And not only that, Lord, you sent the Holy Spirit and you filled your people and you gave them a great commission to go and make disciples all over the earth. And thank you, Lord, they took it seriously and they did it. And we're here today because of it. But Lord, the, the task is not done. And I ask that we in this room would be a people that live with a bigger perspective on the world, a, a greater reality of what life is all about as a follower of Jesus. We are about something so much bigger than ourselves and the name we can make for ourselves, the legacy we could leave for ourselves, our own comforts and desires. Lord, I thank you that you care about every one of our needs, yet you call us higher to not just live for what we need, but to live for you and to help meet needs around the world. And so, Lord, would you make us a people like that, that are invited in, that say yes to your invitation to be a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. Whatever that looks like, Lord, just a, a change of the way we think or going on one of these mission trips soon or giving to these mission trips, just whatever small step we need to take to go that direction, Lord, help us take those steps. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. All right, well, um, in just a second, I'll pass off to Larry, but we are in, I think this is week three of a four-part series that we um, have been doing called Oil for Our Lamps. 
This is taken from Matthew chapter 25, a little parable about uh, ten virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. The five wise says they had enough oil for their lamps so that when the bridegroom came, they were ready, and they came in. And we've been unpacking that in the last several weeks, so I'm not going to go into it right now. Um, but I would encourage you to listen to the last two um, sermons online to get yourself caught up if this is going to be your first week. Uh, but the whole premise of this, and I don't know if we have this slide, Lindsay, but it's fine. Just the, the first slide of the main point of the whole series. No, we don't have it. All right. Uh, it's this phrase. The whole thing about this parable that we've pulled out is it's not about you know, just what is random oil? Do I need to go buy some essential oils? No, that's not what it's about. <laughs> Guarantee that. Um, it's, it's about knowing Jesus and being known by him. Everybody say knowing Jesus. Say being known by him. And I pulled that out from verse 12 of Matthew 25 because the five foolish virgins that came, they, they said, Lord, let us in too. We, I know we didn't have enough oil but earlier and we had to go away and get some, but Lord, let us in. And he says, I'm sorry, but I do not know you. And that is a frightening thing for the Lord to say to us. But what's so cool is that he invites us to know him. And he emphasizes the point that this is what this is about. It's about knowing Jesus and being known by him. All right. And one of the best ways that we can get to know Jesus, last week I talked about sitting at his feet, just being in his presence, asking him questions, listening to him. But another amazing way to get to know him, and in fact you can't get to know him without this, and that is the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. Okay, we get revelation and understanding, and we um, get to know him more by diving into and consistently being one that abides in the word of God. All right, and so I'm going to invite up Larry and their team to take it away from here. Give it up for Larry and whoever else is joining him. <laughs> Who is that? Sarah, Joey, oh, Lindsay, great, and Madeline, nice. Of course, Larry asked your wife to be on this panel, Nice. All right, you good? You need this? Sure. Thanks. Okay. All right. Hello. Hey, wow, loud. I'm here. Sorry, you got my back over there. All right, um, we're going to go, and y'all can each share who you are, what zone you're in, and what you do for a living. So people can know you a little bit and have some context for you as you share. Hi, guys. My name's Lindsay. Um, I'm in the young adult zone. Yeah, it rocks. Um, and I have two jobs. I work part-time for the church as a media director, and the other part of the time I work for Jeremy in the warehouse. Let's go, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> but I do just like graphic design, media, random stuff. I'm Sarah Paul, and I'm part of the Family Life Group. I um, am the wife of Stephen Paul, and I have three, <laughs> three wonderful children, Emerson's eight, Micah's six, and Theo's two, and I'm a teacher, and I've been a teacher for 11 years, elementary. My name is Madeline Jones. I'm Larry's wife, and um, I stay at home with my three kiddos, Truett and Everly and baby Juliet. My name is Joey Casillas, the husband of Joy Casillas. As of two and a half months, um, I am in the young adult groups. Um, and what I do for a job? Uh, I do computer network engineering, which is basically the internet. I make the internet work. I know how it works. <laughs> but if it's broken, it's not my fault. <laughs> just so you know. All right, we'll start with you, Joey, since you have the mic already. But we're just going to jump straight in. Like Mitchell said, we're, we're talking about getting to know Jesus through his word. And so why do you read the Bible? Okay, um, so I read the Bible because 
it's alive and active, and it's true. Um, there's some scripture in Hebrews that talks about the word being alive and active and, like, piercing and cutting, like, to the bone. Um, and, yeah, it's just giving me so much life, um, so much wisdom, and you can get just knowledge and understanding of who God is, as Mitchell said. Um, it's truth for me to rely on and lean on. Uh, to get me through any tough situation with people, like something at work, um, or just like anything going on with friends, um, or even just any sort of like emotions or like how to navigate my thoughts about stuff. Um, so the word you can just kind of go to for literally everything. There's something in there for whatever you're dealing with, like at all, whether it's internally or externally. Yeah, that's good. Just sit on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, same question. Why do I read the Bible? Um, same reference as Joey, Hebrews 4, um, but specifically in verse the back of verse 12, it says, the, it, because the Bible discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Um, and I think I just have to have that. Like, it's living and active, which means my heart and my heart and my emotions and my thoughts are also <laughs> very living and active, not always in the way that I want them to be. And so when I open the Bible, it, like, anchors me to the truth. It, like, discerns, it discerns my thoughts and the attentions of my heart. And I read it and I'm like, that's what I want to live my life by, not what I think or what I feel or what I'm going through. I like want to live my life by this truth. And so I want this to be what's discerning my thoughts and my intentions of my heart. And so I read the Bible because every day my thoughts and intentions of my heart are changing and they're volatile and they might not always look as pretty as I wish they would. And so I have to go to this to have this be what is discerning my thoughts and the intentions of my heart. Uh, why I read the Bible is kind of what they said, too. Um, that it's the truth is number one. And in a world where there are so many voices and so many things coming at us, I have to have something that's super steady and that doesn't toss me back and forth. And God's word is that. God's word is very true. And so that's my first reason. My second reason is because it's powerful. If, um, if the God that created the heavens and the earth through his words created every single thing through him just speaking it into being, like, I want to know what else he has to say. Let's open his word and, like, see what else he has to say. And if it's written, it's his words, and it's so it's super powerful. And then number three <laughs> is knowing God. Um, if we want to behold who God is and who Jesus is, we can do that through listening to his voice, sitting at his feet, but also through reading his word. So I want to know who is this God that I'm beholding, that I'm worshiping, that I, um, that I want to know. And so through his word, I can do that. Yeah, I read the Bible because I love Jesus so much. And he's in there. Like, if you want to know <laughs> who God is, you read the Bible. Like, and I just had an experience. Like, God really saved me. Like, he saved me from death. And I experienced life. And so I want my whole life to be about him and for him and to him. And really, I spent a lot of years, like, in my own brain, creating my own narrative, thinking about, like, what suits me best in my own power. And the rest of my life gets to be unlearning that and doing so by studying the word of God, realizing, okay, there is a story that God has been writing since the beginning of time, and he actually invites me to be a part of it, not just like an onlooker, but just like he's like, I want you to be a main character in this story, like you're invited. And I felt pretty disconnected from, you know, ancient literature because I don't have any grid for what they <laughs> experienced. But the more I like dug into the Bible, I'm like, 
oh, this makes sense of everything. Like, I see now with heaven's perspective what the world truly is about, and I want to be a part of that. Like, I don't want to write my own wisdom. I don't want to create my own narrative. Like, I want to be a part of God's story forever. That's great. We're going to jump into the next question, but before that, hopefully this is helpful for you, and it's, it's not, we're not just looking at these four people and thinking, wow, you guys are so holy, and you love your Bible, and I'm so glad for you, but li- listen, listen with, with ears to hear and figure out how you can apply it and how you can let it stir you. That's the goal, that we, as we hear from them, four people who love the Word of God, and I know there's more of us in this room, but we, we get to hear from them reasons why they love the Word of God and how it's changing their life. Let it change yours and let it stir up a passion and a fire and a hunger in you to get into it tomorrow morning to like start practicing getting into the word of God or even going over different scriptures like, oh, I didn't know that in Hebrews 4. Great. I'm going to spend time in Hebrews 4 and actually figure out why I need to spend more time in the word of God. And so hopefully this will stir your hunger. This is like facilitating hunger in us for more of him because we want to know him. We want to know Jesus. And so hopefully this is really helpful for you guys to listen. Um, so we're going to jump into question two here. What's a story or testimony of how the Bible has impacted your life? <laughs> it's changed everything, um, truly. Uh, so like growing up, um, my parents were amazing, and they I grew up in a church, which is awesome. But kind of the, the perspective I had on the Bible was like just verses here and there. I didn't really understand the whole narrative. Also, I didn't really go to like kids church or anything. I played Nintendo DS <laughs> with my parents while we sat in church. And, you know, <laughs> when you're when you're 8. And um <laughs> anyways, so I didn't like really ha- like I would try to read the Bible, but I did that thing where I'd start in Genesis and by the time I hit Leviticus, I was like, "Bro, I'm out." Like, I don't know what's going on. And I but then I would feel like guilt. Like I would feel like, "Oh, I'm supposed to read this." And I can't. <laughs> and it was so hard. Um, but then just like later in life when I got saved, i like, I kind of mentioned it, but I had a very real encounter with Jesus where he saved me. Like, and that was like, I experienced God's love for the first time. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And so I knew that I could like read the Bible and figure out who he was because I just didn't know him that well. And so I was like, I want to know this guy. (laughs) And so I just started reading the Bible and then I started like, I remember I was in, when I was in college, I would come home from class and I would, you know, get Chick-fil-A, obviously, and eat Chick-fil-A and read my Bible, like, every day, which was not good for me, like, health-wise, but, like, it's fine. I'm fine. Um, but, like, I just started reading, especially, like, the book of Acts. Y'all, it's crazy. Like, have you read that book? What is going on? And I was just like, nobody told me this was in here. What? And so I just really started being curious, because I just was like, this is not what I thought this was, and so then I was like, I have questions, and I don't know (laughs) who to ask, but I got involved in discipleship, and I had a girl discipling me that really knew the Bible very well, and I was like, yo, what's going on in 2 Corinthians? Send help, and she would like explain things to me, and I was like, oh, word, that context is helpful, and so then that really helped me see like, oh, there's actually like a bigger story, and so then if you know me, you know I love the Bible Project, right, everybody? Yeah. 
And, okay, so if you've never heard of the Bible Project, it's basically like YouTube videos, short YouTube explainer videos over every book of the Bible and themes in the Bible. And then they also have a podcast. And, guys, I've listened to every single episode since 2016, which is, like, a lot of hours. But that's, like, how much I, like, really needed to know the Word of God and the narrative of God. I think it's – there's so many different things in there. And – I wanted to understand how it all fit together because it felt like a bunch of random puzzle pieces and I just like was like, what is going on? And so really once these puzzle pieces started to come together, I was shocked. I was like, oh, God is eternal and he is writing this, like I kind of said it earlier, this insane story since the beginning of time and he wants me to be a part of it and I have a role to play and it changes everything. Like when you see like how oh gosh I could just I could go off and I'm not going to but it just it is so amazing God is amazing it just put me once I like it clicked and I started to understand the whole picture I was like I just want to know more of this forever and then I started like mining it just feels like mining for gold it feels like it's it's not a chore it's exciting which maybe you don't feel that way right now but you can get there like God is so amazing and reading the Bible is literally just like mining for treasure and seeing the gold of God in new ways. And it just keeps getting better. Like, it's not like, oh, I've, I've hit my cap. Yay. Like, it's it keeps getting better. And so um, I'm currently in seminary now because I love the Bible so much that I said, you know what, I'm going to give all of my time and energy to this. And actually, there's a longer story, but that God just really invited me into it. And I cried when God said, Lindsay, what if you just did it? I literally cried in my car, and that felt so silly, like, the idea of getting to study God, study God's word, like, seriously in an academic setting made me cry tears of joy, (laughs) like, I know not everybody feels that way about that kind of thing, but really, it's just, like, the kindness of God that he was, like, Lindsay, I, like, if you want more, I have it for you, and it's just going to get sweeter for the rest of your life, so that's that. That's awesome. I'll re-ask the question for you. What is the story or testimony of how the Bible has impacted your life? Uh, For me, it's been a day-to-day transformation, I think, just whenever you start to dip your toes into it, and then you start to, like, get up to your knees, and then whenever you jump right in. And um, in Matthew 4, 4, it says, man shall not, this is Jesus speaking, and he's telling people that they cannot live by bread alone, by but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So I can tell whenever I'm not in the word that I feel hungry. Like I, my body literally feels hungry and it's like I'm starving. Like the word of God is bread. And so it feeds you. And so for me, that's a testimony that's changed my life. And then another practical one is with anxiety, memorizing scripture 100% helped. So anytime I felt that anxious feeling, I could say, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with thanksgiving, present your oppressed to God. And the peace of God will um, guard your heart and your mind. And so even now, like as I say that, that wasn't exactly it, I have it written down, Philippians 4, 6. But, um, but even as I say that, like it just calms your soul. And so if you're going through something, I encourage you to memorize a scripture to help you behold who has you. Um, a story that impacted my life with the Bible. I was in Africa on a mission trip, I think my sophomore or junior year of high school, and this guy like prayed and asked God verses for each person on our team and just handed us a piece of paper with uh, like a verse on it. And the verse that he gave me, it just said Isaiah 61, whole chapter. 
And in parentheses under it, he said, I feel like this is the call of God on your life. And mine was the only paper that he like put, uh, like we saw all the papers on the table and it said, Madeline, Isaiah 61, I feel like this is the whole chapter. I feel like this is the call of God in your life. And mine was the only one he put that little line on, you know? And so this is the first time I had re- ever read Isaiah 61. Immediately I like, get it and I open it. First time I had ever read it. And if you've read Isaiah 61, it's so powerful. I'm just crying. I'm like just sitting in this little hut thing in Africa. And I'm like kind of like, really, God? You know, like you want to send me? You want the spirit of the Lord to be on me to bring good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open the prison doors? You want me? Like you want me to do that? You want me to be planted as an oak of righteousness? You want me to display the glory of God and his splendor everywhere I go? Like you want me to do that? Okay. You know, that's like how I felt. And then a couple years later, I ended up going to college in, um, at A&M and went to Antioch there. And the pastor's wife there, this is like her life verse. And she discipled us all through college and invested in us, me, a group, me and a group of my friends that are actually over there. And um, they, and this was like, I mean, she talked about it and preached it over and over and over again. And so I'm like watching her live it out and getting to like be discipled on how to live it out. And then as soon as I got pregnant with Truett, my first baby, I'm like praying, I'm <laughs> I'm praying over him, and I just felt like the Lord said, Madeline, you need to pray that he is an oak of righteousness, and wherever he goes, he's planted by streams of living water, which is a Psalms 23 reference. Wherever he goes, he displays the glory of God. Um, and I was like, okay, and I'm, I'm like realizing now that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the passage that, that was prophesied over my life 12, 13, 14 years ago, and then I got, got practically got to live out over the last 12, 13, 14 years, and now the next generation, my children, are getting it prayed over them so that they will also be oaks of righteousness, planted by streams of living water. Wherever they go, they're going to display the glory of God, and th- people are going to see Jesus because of them, you know? That is a testimony of the word of God in my life. This one guy <laughs> really simply prophesied it over me. I, like, took, took it as, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it if you feel like this is what God's saying, and I'm going to obey this, and it's, like, changed my life, and it's going to change my kid's life, and hopefully their kid's life, and so on and so forth. And so the testimony is just, like, when you receive truth from the word of God, it will change your whole life. Yeah. Um, for me, I would say, no, no, like, specific story came to mind, but I just kind of had, like, a big general testimony. Um, and really, it was just that God revealed to me that that's how he speaks to me, is through his word, um, at least the clearest. Um, and usually that comes, like, for, I'm very, very practical, like, okay, like, you say to do this, Lord, but, like, what, what does that look like in my life? Um, so I also wrote down, like, either that's me reading the word, um, and he's, or, like, I'm meditating on it, um, or through other people, like, God will have someone come up to me and be like, hey, I got this verse for you. Or they'll give their opinion of a verse, and I'm like, oh, wow, like, that just clicked. Um, so, but it's all, like, around God's word. Um, and I had this discovery in Revelation from God, thanks to ADS, uh, which is Antioch Discipleship School. Plug. Um, <laughs> let I had it when the Jones were leading it, but now it's the Keiths, um, and they're all great. And it's even better, guys. It's yes, going from glory to glory. Revelation. It's still there for you. Um <coughs> but what what it looked like for me is basically like when I was going through certain things, God would just give me a like a specific passage um, of scripture, um, had me kind of go by a whiteboard and I started writing out the scriptures on this whiteboard. So I'd usually have like three at a time. Um, and I was telling this to Joy um, that like usually when God gives me 
a scripture or a passage. Like, it's not really about a specific, like, circumstance, but it kind of, like, goes a little deeper. Like, like it's more like, it, it like, I don't really know how to explain it because I don't know how God does it, but it, like, really goes to, like, what my flesh is desiring. So, like, the best example I can think of is, like, when your flesh desires, like, literally anything that's not of God, like lust or alcohol or uh, if you're fasting to eat. Um, <laughs> like, that's, like, a physical thing. Your flesh is like, I want to do this, but, um, like, I, I'm not. I'm going to suppress that and, like, choose God. So it's like, whatever that is, wherever that is, <laughs> God gives me a verse for that so that it's, like, repeatable. So, like, okay, like, if I want to, like, if I have a fleshly desire of whatever, I have a verse that, like, helps me, like, suppress the desire and choose God. Yeah. Instead of, like, okay, this is, like, a circumstance. Like, I want to eat right now. So he gave me an eating verse. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not what he does for me. Um, so he would just do that time and time again. Um, and now it's just, like, I have all these passages that I could use, like, literally forever because my flesh will always desire something. Um, and I could just, like, oh, okay, like, no. Um <laughs> And then, <laughs> but then, like, he, ki- he kind of, like, I'm, I don't know if you guys know the Enneagram, but I'm a five, so that means I like to study and learn, um, basically. And so as I continued studying after ADS, and God, like, kind of took all this a step further, uh, which is awesome because he's great, and he's unfathomable and unlimited and everything. Um, so, like... In the Bible, there's two Greek words for word of God. One is logos, which is, like, his written word and, like, his tradition and, like, what he's instructing. And then there's, like, rhema, which is, like, his spoken word. Um, So, like, for me, that was huge um, because now, like, as I'm reading, like, his logos, like, the written instructed words and, like, meditating on it, like, what does that mean? He's also, like, simultaneously giving me, like, hey, like, as you're reading, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, half faith or whatever. He's, he'll, like, tell me, like, hey, like, that's how the shield of faith works. Like, when the enemy is, like, attacking you, like, you can, like, put up your shield of faith and trust in me. And then, like, as you're resisting, he'll flee, and then you'll be fine. I'm like, oh, oh, like, okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, so, like, as I'm reading, like, so you have to be, like, they work in tandem. So you have to be in the actual written word of God for him, for, well, for, for me personally, for him to actually speak to me too. Like I, if I'm not in the word of God, like he's not going to speak to me, at least as clearly, I'm sure. Like maybe, he'll, maybe someone will text me out of the blue, but <laughs> I still need to spend my time with him so he knows me and I know him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was just like a huge, like, I don't know, when, when, I, when I get that like light bulb moment, like something clicks, it's like, wow, God, like, you're speaking to me, like, and I used to, that's not, like, uncommon, even before, like, I knew what it was, I just didn't know that that was him, and I kind of misinterpreted it as, like, oh, I'm really smart, but, like, (laughs) that was really old me, and then, like, now I'm, like, kind of coming back, and, like, started focusing back on my relationship with God the last couple years, and God's, like, hey, actually, that's been me the whole time, and so, like, I don't know, that's just, like, the huge, like, just a huge testimony that he's just gifted me with understanding, which is, like, great, and helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. Next question, a simple question. What is something that you love about the Bible? Sweet. Um, I love that it's timeless and true, which I think Sarah mentioned on in the first question. Um, And like promises that were true, like when I was a new believer um, and like 
however long ago, are still true today. Like any revelation I've had in the past, uh, like I'm a child of God, is still true today. Um, Like none of that changes. Um, And it's all in the word, and it's still true. Um, And, you know, we get to read this Bible that, like, walks through the history of Christianity, and, like, all of it is still true today for us, and it's, like, still just as powerful, it's still just as needed, still just as relevant, um, and, yeah, like, it's just, you could go to it for comfort, just like they did, like, they would go seek out Jesus in the flesh when he was there, and I was like, hey, I need help with something, it's like, oh, we could do the same thing, great. Um, mine is similar, I, I love that the word of God is my anchor, Uh, Psalms 19, verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And it was in 2020 when the election happened. At the beginning of the last few years, Larry and I have tried to read the whole Bible in the month of January. Like in one month, the whole Bible. And the Lord was very kind to let that happen at the same time that it felt like our world, our America was like exploding, imploding, a little bit of both. Um, And (laughs) I was reading the whole Bible. So every day you're reading like, I mean, like an unreal amount of chapters, reading, listening to just like, it's like you're, you like see the whole story of the Bible in one month. And all this stuff was happening with the election and political parties and um, even like Christians against Christians and churches against churches and social media. And it just felt like it was chaos. And I just remember reading this story as I'm listening to news and as I'm like hearing these different stories and as I'm like, what do I believe? What do I think? What side am I on? You know, where am I in this whole picture of the world? And it was the word of the Lord was sure. And I remember reading and being like, oh my, there is like God is not surprised by America and our history and what we're going through. There has been so many different kingdoms and kings and tribes and countries and nations that have had way worse implosions and explosions than we ever could. But the word of God has like remained in all of it. And so I just remember being like, I cannot look anywhere else but here because this is the only place that's an anchor. And I remember clearly in my time with God having a picture and my life felt like I was on a ship, like on the craziest storm of a ship. And it was like, um, I was like going like crazy. My ship was just losing it all in this ocean. And I remember the Lord being like, put down your anchor. That is the Bible. Put down your anchor and you'll be fine. You know, put it down. And that's, so that's what the word of the Lord, that's what I love about it is that it is sure. And, like, through history, through time, through circumstances, through the best days, the worst days, like, it is the only thing that is sure. God is the only thing that is sure, and his word is the only thing that can, like, truly anchor our souls when it's mass chaos everywhere around you. So, um, Something I love about the Bible is that, let's read 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture, all scripture is breathed out by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may complete and equipped for every good work. I want to be complete. I want to be equipped for every good work. If you don't know me, I like to be prepared in life. And so I feel like the word of God prepares me for things. And so I love that about it, that I can open it with expectation that it will help prepare me for what's coming or what has come or what's happening now. And so that's something that I love about the word. And then also, I think it's fun to read. Not all the time. It always doesn't feel fun, by the way. It's not always like I open it every day and I'm so excited. But it's fun to see prophecies that get fulfilled. It's fun to see how like, oh, this verse actually connects back to this verse. 
Um, but again, it's not how you feel about the Bible. It's about that it is true, that it's living, that it's active, that you open it because you want to be prepared, not because it feels good every day. Amen. I love a lot of things about the Bible. Um, but a few things. I love that it's so diverse. Like, there are so many different genres in the Bible. There's poetry, there's narrative, there's prophecy, there's parable. Like, there's just, like, for every type of person, for every temperament, for every personality, there is a way that God is communicating to you. Like, if you're like, man, those genealogies, woof, you know? Like, that's not it for me. Then there is, like, poetry that is powerful and and it's like God poetically telling you how much he loves you and how much he loves all of creation but if you're like dude if you're like me and you're like oh, genealogies so fun well okay I don't love genealogies but I love like seeing how the the genealogies paint a picture of like the prophecies that are fulfilled and numerology seeing the numbers like there's just, you can get so nerdy about the bible and I love doing that. And that is, again, I'm not saying this to everybody, <laughs> but it's it's just like there is God revealing himself in so many different ways. Like it's not like a one size fits all. God is meeting every person and he's doing it. It's so cool. Um, <laughs> and I also just love that it is so old. <laughs> like it is ancient literature. And it, it it is not something that comes naturally for us, I think, a lot of the time to be like, Yes, animal sacrifice, got it. Like, I'm not acquainted with that at all. But God is like, no, actually, I was, I met these people where they were at in this point in history and communicated to them in the way that they needed me to communicate with them so that they could know me, so I could dwell with them. And he's doing that now. Like, that's not just for 2,000 years ago. That is for us, too. Like, God meets us where we're at, like, and he makes himself knowable to us, and so it just, it, even though there's, like, this bigger picture, God is communicating that he's, like, hey, I want to be with my creation desperately, and I will go to any length to make that happen, hence the cross, and it's just, it all points back to Jesus, it all, it's, like, it's not about us, it is about him, and it's, you kind of have to, like, tear yourself down and like stop trying to read your self into the scripture or impose your worldview on the scripture and let it speak on its own terms I think that has like unlocked something for me of like I oh <laughs> like when I stop trying to put my perspective on it it actually changes me and I I like love that I love that it has changed my whole worldview I like want to see through the lens of heaven and I can only do that because I have like sat with God and been like help me Lord I need to understand because <laughs> I don't and it just keeps getting better it just really keeps getting better you can just keep digging and it gets richer and there's just more there's more and we'll never get tired of it and it can be so simple so like you can have like the most simple basic understanding and get to the cross get to salvation and see the full picture of the gospel and then everything else is just like an add-on. It's like, oh my gosh, this other thing? And it's just, it's a treasure. It's so fun. That's awesome. Uh, Y'all have all touched on this a little bit already, but what has changed about your everyday life since falling in love with the Bible? Like what, how, what looks different in your everyday life because of the Bible? On my notes, I wrote everything, lol. <laughs> um, but I... It has, I kind of said this earlier, but it changed my worldview. It changed the lens that I see the world through. 
I think there have been a lot of times, I think we probably have all felt this, where I look at the world and I'm like, I do not understand what is going on, Lord. Like, I know that you are good, but this doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't understand how this is good. And it was me trying to, in my flesh, make sense of something that I don't have enough, like, brain space <laughs> to make sense of. And God was like, oh, actually, like, like I want to put the word in you so that you can see the world through my eyes. And I was like, okay, got it. And I, I prayed for that a lot. I was like, Lord, give me your wisdom. Give me your perspective. And now whenever I see things in the world, there's like a deep sense of trust in God's goodness because you read about Israel and their disobedience and their exile and all of this whole crazy story. And God was still good. He like worked his good purposes through some terrible things through the crucifixion of Jesus. Like he saved us. And so, and, and just that we are like filled with the spirit of God. There's just like a deep empowerment of like, oh, I don't have to like worry about trying to fix my circumstances because I have seen the trustworthiness of God. And so it's given me like a security and confidence to walk into the world and walk into my day to day and not feel fear and not feel like overwhelmed by the circumstances of my life. And that has been just huge and so great. Um, it also just gives me purpose and it like gives my life purpose of like, kind of, I just keep saying the same thing, but just I'm invited into the story of God and I like want to be a participant. I'm like, yes, God, whatever you want to do, I want to go. And so it, it, I don't have to question like, what am I here for? You know, it's like, I know what I'm here for. I'm, I'm here to be a part of this story. And then to end up with Jesus at the end, locking eyes with him and saying, yes, finally, we get to see the big redemption, the big reconciliation, the big wedding feast. Like, and I get to say like, yes, I was waiting for this, you know? And it's like, it's actually, man, a delight. Like, I just feel like I have so much purpose walking in my life because I'm, I'm anticipating what God is going to do. Uh, for me, I, I just had to get practical on this question. I think that it's what's changed about your everyday life since falling in love with the Bible. Uh, practically speaking, I fell in love with the Bible in college, and so now I'm a mom. And so I just wanted to touch on this just for a second. So uh, college Sarah loved sitting with Jesus for hours and studying the Bible. That's just something that, that didn't happen overnight, but that's something that I love to do. Then enters Stephen Paul, and so now my affection is, Lord, I love you, you're my first love, and then also balancing Stephen, like, I love him too, and so when do, when does this practically happen, and so your affection kind of gets this tug of war, then you enter in children, and so now, multiple children, now, like, I have so many blessings in my life, but God, what does it look like to sit at your feet with your word open and like learn from you? And so I just want to encourage you now, whatever stage of life, and I can only imagine the next steps too. I'm sure that it just, there are more things that tug and pull at your affections for the word and for God and for who you love and what you love in the world. So um, just practically speaking, I think that it looks different, but they're still equal important. So making healthy, um, healthy rhythms now, if you're in college or if you're single or if you're 
if you have kids, make healthy rhythms now so that your affections aren't torn and pulled whenever that happens. Also knowing if you're a brand new mom, 10 minutes in the word might look a little bit different than hours at the feet of Jesus. And that's okay. That there's grace and that, um, that God just has whatever he has for you in that. And then in Psalm 119 too, if you are also practically speaking, not in love with the word of God, you can ask him, read Psalm 119, write that down. It's so long, but it's so worth it. It only talks about the word of God and it's so good. And one of the verses, it says, open my eyes so I can behold wondrous things in your law. Just ask God to open your your eyes to him now in college or as a young adult or not as an empty nester, ask him to open up your eyes to the wonder thing, wonderful things in his law. Um, so it's needed at all seasons, but practically that's how it looks different in my life. Yeah, mine is similar, taking it to a practical note, what has changed since I fell in love with the word of God. Uh, I Matthew 4.4, 4, actually, Sarah mentioned it earlier, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And I feel like that more than ever. I'm like, if I can get 10 minutes, and it doesn't even mean like 10 minutes in the Bible. It's like if I can get one verse and one takeaway, if I can get three and a half minutes with one verse and one takeaway, it will sustain me for that day. But honestly, it doesn't sustain me for two days. I can think about it again, but I have to, as a mom with my little kids, I have to go back the next morning and get three minutes or five minutes or 20 minutes, whatever minutes that I can get. Because I like, I mean, just think about not eating all day. You're thinking about it all day. And that's like legitimately how I feel without being in the word of God, without opening it and receiving a truth is I'm like hungry all day. And I get to the end of the day and Larry can tell I'm like snippy and I'm short. I'm not in a good, I'm not in a good mood. And he's really kind and he'll say, you know, have you spent time with God? today and I'm like no you know what why, why are you asking <laughs> and, <laughs> anyway and so um man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God we like have to live by it and just really pr- practically what I do especially in this season when it feels like I would love to wake up like I did in college like Sarah said and just I mean like Allie and I were just talking about this life group. We were like, oh, remember in college when we would have like hour, hour and a half. Okay, like class doesn't start till 10. That means we've got from whenever we wake up until 9.50, you know, someone's going to drive us to class. We're just going to sit there with our headphones in and spend time with God, worship for hours. You know, I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, right. Does that happen, you know, in my life currently? Unless I wake up at about 3.30 a.m. Mitchell said that last week. Um, Anyway, so practically what it looks like right now is even if I have five minutes, I will legitimately open the Bible, get my journal. I will write a verse and I'll say, what do you have for me today from this verse? And usually I'm like reading, like right now I'm reading the book of Proverbs. And so at least I have a place to go. And so I'll go to Proverbs every time. And sometimes I remember what chapter I'm on next. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm just like, I know I'm in Proverbs somewhere between 13, 14 and 15. We're just going to get there for today. And I read skim, 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 skim. Oh, that sticks out to me. Living and active pierces my soul like a sword. I write it down. And I say, what do you have for me today? And then I write down the practical and I say, thank you, Jesus. And I close it. And then the rest of the day, I am intentional to meditate on that tiny truth. Maybe it's just like one tiny phrase in that, pa- in that scripture. I'm intentional to meditate on it. And then the next day, I like do the same thing. And so that's just a practical of how it's changed my everyday life. It is just like, even if it's three minutes, I'll open it, find a scripture, find a practical, eat that as my manna, and then go throughout the rest of my day. I would love for it to be an hour, an hour and a half, three hours, but not this season. <laughs> Parenting sounds hard. <laughs> <laughs> I am not there yet, but that was super good. I'm super practical, so I'm like, oh, I got to keep that in my mind. Uh, 
So yeah, thank you, Madeline and <laughs> Sarah. That was really good. Um, dang, I could wait though a little bit. Um, so for me, um, for me, it just really grew my faith and trust in God. I find myself every single day um, just really leaning on him, um, specifically just like at work mainly. Um, it's just like I could get really frustrated because uh, like I said, I do the internet. So the whole business internet goes down. They're all losing like millions of dollars while it's down and then they're yelling at me. And I'm like, ooh, uh, Lord, help me fix their internet. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, okay, like I understand, like I don't take it personally. Um, like I get it, like, okay, if I was a business owner making that much, like every hour, I would probably feel the exact same way. Um, it just happens I have to be the one to try and fix it. Um, so like, I really just like find my strength in God. Like, okay, like God, like give me patience, give me peace. Like, I'm really frustrated because they're yelling at me and I didn't do anything. Um, but, like, he comes through, you know. Like, even in, like, little tiny things like that, like, you know, my flesh wants to get mad because they're yelling at me and I didn't do anything, so I want to be defensive. Um, but, like, that's not what I'm supposed to do, first of all, as my job, but, uh, or I guess, first of all, as a Christian. And then, secondly, as my job. <laughs> um, uh, like, that's not how I'm supposed to react. Um so I get to, like, kind of take it, and working remotely is great because you actually get to, like, physically take, like, a step back, like, from my computer and be like, okay, God, like, I know that you're bigger than this. I know that you've gone before me, and, like, I know that you're here. So let's dive in. Let's just get it. Um, so, yeah, so I just really find myself slowing down and really just relying on him. That's awesome. So we could keep going for hours definitely with these four <laughs> um we could keep going but we're gonna we're gonna stop it there and i'm just gonna pray over us that we would be people who hunger and thirst for the word of god and that we would be people who want to know him and be known by him deeply okay so bow your heads as i pray jesus i ask that even by the words that we're hearing of these uh these four who love the word of god and have different truths and scriptures um that stand out to them, that draw them um, to the word. I ask that we would be ones who stay hungry for the word of God and we would allow it to be the plumb line of truth for our lives. Like our lives and our experiences wouldn't dictate the way that we read and skew the way that we read the word of God or the way that we think about you and know you. But I ask that the word of God would be the thing that dictates and orients every single piece of our lives. Jesus. And I ask even right now um, that you would stir up a fresh hunger, a fresh passion in us as a church to be people who know the word of God, who don't get distracted by work or politics or social media or all the other voices and things going on in the world, but we would be grounded and rooted in the word of God and we would allow it to control our actions, our decisions, our emotions, our thoughts. We would run them all through the lens of the word of God um, and ultimately I ask that we would know you deeply because of it. We wouldn't just know um, what the Bible says, but we would believe that it's true and it would change who we are and it would help us to know you better and it would help um, you to know us better as we open up our lives to what you have to speak. And so, yeah, I just ask that this would go deep in us, that we would be people who hunger and thirst for you, for righteousness. Pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Give it up for these guys that did this panel. Thank y'all so much. Y'all are heroes. Thank y'all for sharing. All right. So hopefully you uh, were soaking in 
all these different things they were sharing. So let me give you guys kind of two uh, takeaways from today, and then I'm gonna uh, we're gonna wrap things up. But one is here's my encouragement. I would love for all of us to read Psalm 119 this week, sometime this week. Like she said, it's long, but you can take it section by section, and you'll get there in seven days. So read Psalm 119. It's my encouragement to you this week. Um, and then the second thing is think about one very practical takeaway other than reading scripture. Think about something that you need to change or adjust in your life personally, um, maybe how you approach the word of God or a time of the day to read it or whatever. Just think of one practical adjustment for your life personally. Um, and we'd love for you to think about that. Write it down in a journal, type it in your phone or something, and ask a friend to hold you accountable. Like, all right, I'm going to wake up at this time and read the Bible or whatever else your adjustment is. Got those two things, Psalm 119, and then some practical adjustment. Sound good? All right, guys. Well, we are officially done, and what we'll do um, to close out is, again, if you are a guest with us or you want to find out more information about Antioch, then come over here to the Next Steps area. Bring your little Connect card. And then secondly, just a reminder, we've got the interest or info meeting about the Tijuana mission trip happening upstairs in the prayer room, and we're going to start that probably in about 10 minutes. So if you're interested in joining that, come up there. But we're officially done. Give somebody next to you a big old high five and say thanks for sitting next to me today. We're officially good to go. Love you guys. Have a great week.